This is Mitch England, Vice President of Driver Relations. This is the December Driver Town Hall Conference call. Thanks for joining. We still have people joining, but I wanted to kind of go over a few things before we get started. So first of all, uh, we are recording these calls, and if, uh, if you uh, want to ever listen to some past calls as well, you can go to the CRE Toolbox app under the podcast section. So this is where we post all of the Driver Town Hall Conference calls. And, uh, and if you want to re-listen to it or if you miss one in the future, you can always go back and listen to them there. So we do these each month, most months um, that we have every year. So, uh, yeah, you can check those out if, if you want on the Siri Toolbox app. Um, we, uh, we, again, we want to thank everybody for joining. We will have a few minutes in the beginning just to talk about some things, and then we'll have open up the call to to questions and feedback towards the end, and, uh, and I'll give some further instructions there. Um, so uh, we do, as a reminder as well, we have most of our executive team on the call and many of our other departments represented, most, actually all departments represented by uh, some managers here on the call. So we want to hear from you. We love hearing your feedback and want to answer any questions that you may have today. So uh, we love taking time to listen to what's going on out there with you. and. 
and want to work hard to continue to improve our company together. So um, now I'm just going to turn it over to our president, Josh England. He is going to host the call. So go ahead, Josh. All right. Thank you, Mitch. Welcome, everybody, to our December town hall. It's great to be with you. Uh, we are joined by members of the CR England team located all over the country. Uh, if you're in a truck, please make sure you're hands-free. Uh, we'd like to wish you all happy holidays. Uh, this is a special time of year and, and a time when our thoughts go towards those who are most important to us in our lives. So naturally, our thoughts go to you, this great CR England family. And uh, just wanted to express that we're thankful for you and would like to wish you and yours a happy holidays. Um, on today's call, we'd like to, uh, to thank you for all of your great work, uh, give a few updates, collect your feedback, and answer questions. Um, so we'd like to start out by sharing a few things. Um, first of all, I'd like to give an update on our, our goal that we're all working on together on, on safe and on time every time. So uh, we are still completing our audits on this, but last week we think we hit our all-time high on safe and on time percent at 99.4%. That is an outstanding number. Uh, and it's against um, a goal of 99. We continue to raise that goal uh, each and every year, and we have uh, we've been meeting that uh, raised bar consistently. Uh, we've hit it all but just a couple weeks this year, and we'll uh, we'll easily hit our goal for the full year. So, uh, congrats on that. Congrats on the outstanding uh, performance last week and throughout the year. Uh, it's truly exciting to see the uh, the things that we can accomplish as we put our collective minds to it. Uh, we have kicked off our NFL-themed Super Bowl of Safety and Service, uh, where fleets compete against each other head-to-head -head each week, uh, and the teams with the best win-loss record during the regular season advance to the playoffs that will take place in February. Uh, and this, is, this week is the first week of competition, uh, so each of uh, your teams are, are uh, going up against another fleet. Um, and uh, the results of that first matchup will come out next Wednesday in your huddles. Uh, you can also see how your team doing is doing, and uh, you can and see um, who you're going up against uh, this week in your CRE Toolbox mobile app. Uh, the safety and service results of your fleet uh, determine your fleet versus who you're going up against uh, determines who gets the win that week. Uh, commitment response percentage is the primary tiebreaker uh, with huddle attendance and safety video compliance uh, as additional tiebreakers as needed. So at stake are uh, big bragging rights. You want to be that fleet that uh, wins the Super Bowl of safety and service. We actually have five different divisions. So there are five winning fleets. Um, and there's a $100 prize for each winner, uh, each driver on the winning teams. Um, and so let's, uh, let's get hyped up and, and make this a, another great competition. I'd like, now like to invite Darren Wingard, our VP of Associate Relations, uh, who supports the road team, to share a few comments. Darren? Thanks, Josh. Glad to be on the call this morning talking to everybody. And thanks again for all the drivers who have called in. We are in the planning stages for our future road team live calls. Um, so as a reminder, these are for all drivers to call in. These are for you guys so that you can call in and get updates and ask questions on topics 
that are important to you. So as we plan for Road Team Live going into next year, we would love to hear from all of you on what you want to see. What are the topics that you would like us to cover? Who are the guests from our executive management team that you would like to hear from? What information are you looking for? Please let us know that. You can do that by emailing the road team. The email address is team at creroadteam.com. Again, it's team at creroadteam.com. If you forget that, just go to your CRE Toolbox app, click on the main menu, scroll down, click on Road Team, and you'll see all of our contact info in there. So again, we would love to hear from you guys. Uh, we do this for you, and we want to uh, let you hear about uh, the topics uh, that you are interested in and that are important to you. So that's my update for this morning. Thanks, Josh. All right, thanks, Darren. And now let's have a customer spotlight by Lori Akins, our Vice President of Corporate Sales. Thank you, Josh. All right, today we are going to highlight one of our new dedicated, dedicated accounts for 2023, PetSmart. PetSmart is the leading North American pet company with more than 1,650 stores in the United States, Canada, and Puerto Rico. They were founded in 1986 by Jim and Janice Daughtery. The company owned, opened its first two stores in 1987 in Phoenix, Arizona, under the name Pet Food Warehouse, as a warehouse-type store that sold pet food in bulk at discount prices. Under new leadership, the company changed its name to PetSmart in 1989 and they went public in 1993. By 2002, the company had fully integrated its, its in-store, online, and catalog sales, which led to an average opening of 100 new stores per year from 2002 to 2009. The company was acquired by private equity in March of 2015. Our dedicated division was awarded the Phoenix, Arizona location in April of, of this year and we went live August the 1st. We currently operate around 40 trucks through Arizona, California, and Nevada with a strong opportunity to win additional facilities in 2024. Our dedicated operations team and drivers did a fantastic job throughout the startup process, consistently hitting a 95% or better on-time performance. <clears throat> Feedback directly from the PetSmart team is that we had the best startup that PetSmart has experienced in a long time. We were also called out for being the top dedicated carrier in their network for on-time service through the Thanksgiving holiday. Excellent work by everyone involved with this new customer. Thank you so much. Back to you, Josh. Thanks, Lori. What a great spotlight and a great accomplishment. You know, the top uh, dedicated service provider for them uh, you mentioned over the Thanksgiving holiday, and that's in our first year. And uh, uh, exciting to see that uh, that team really get in there and impress PetSmart in, in that way. So uh, thank you all for uh, your involvement in that. Uh, and thank you everybody across the nation for uh, creating that reputation uh, that we have for great service 
that ends up causing companies, great companies like PetSmart to uh, to want to partner with us. So uh, really exciting to see that. Um, I'd like to do a shout out to the uh, the Lidl uh, Graham, North Carolina team. Uh, my brother TJ and I were privileged to spend some time with them earlier this week and, and we're very impressed with them. Uh, we met with our customer contact there and walked around the, the facility and, and uh, we'd really like to pass on their appreciation for the great job our Lidl team is doing. Um, and, and that includes the other locations as well uh, that, that we manage for Lidl. Uh, TJ and I got to join up with outstanding drivers Ed and Holman as we worked the electric pallet jacks and tag team store deliveries that night. Um, so again, just like to uh, pass on our thank you to our, our great Lidl Graham team and all the rest of the great fleets around the country. I'd like to uh, spotlight one of our core values. This, this time, let's uh, spotlight community-driven. And we are concluding another year where we met our goal of feeding at least 1 million hungry children through our one initiative. Uh, many of us remember when we hit our first million uh, in 2018 when we started this program. Uh, and since that time, we've now fed over 10,370,000 children uh, it, it, through that one initiative. Um, Dave Allred uh, just visited one of our partner food banks in northwest Indiana. Uh, they're an impressive operation, and uh, like the other 22 food banks we partner with, everything we donate to them goes toward meals for children with no administrative costs coming out. Uh, and they express their sincere appreciation for us enabling them to feed so many children, and we want to pass on our thanks to you. So remember, not one child should have to go hungry and one load feeds one child. Uh, it's exciting what we will continue to be able to do in uh, impacting our world for the good as we continue with the One Initiative going forward. All right, so now we're uh, to the part of our, uh, our town hall where we'd like to get your feedback and questions. Uh, Mitch, would you like to give instructions? Yeah, thanks. Let me put it into Q&A. Okay, so if you do have a question or feedback or I don't give any shout outs, any of those are acceptable. We do ask that if you do have a question, try to keep it as broad as possible. We certainly want to answer any specific questions as well. Um, and so we do have people coming into the queue. I want to give some instructions as well. If we do, if you do have a question that that you've uh, that you want to answer and you're in the queue, yet we don't get to your question, uh, you can email that question to to the road team. So team at road it's T-E-A-M team at C-R-E-ROADTEAM.COM, uh, same address that Darren gave earlier. Uh, we'll, we'll filter those through the road team and get it to the right group and, and answer those questions for you. So um, again, if we don't get to the, all the questions today, we certainly want to answer any questions that you may have. So all right, we do have some uh, questions coming in. And it uh, looks like, again, star six if you want to put your name in the queue for a question. Uh, the first one is, let me just find this, hold on one second. All right, let's see here. Uh, the name is, last name is Kuntz. Go ahead with your question. Tell us your name. Uh, it's Gene Luker. Oh, okay. Sorry, what was your name? Gene what? Luker. All right, Gene, what's your question? Go ahead. Uh, well, you know, I had a actually had a benefits question. I was trying to find this out. 
during the open enrollment, uh, there was no mention about HMOs. Is that part of our plan at all? Is there an option for that, or was that just not in our plan? Yeah, Dean, thank you for that question. Uh, let's, uh, let's see if somebody from uh, Human Resources could answer that question. Yes, absolutely. Josh, this is uh, Jessica. I'm the Vice President of HR. Um, at this time, no, we do not have an HMO um, option. We have selected to go with um, the the United Healthcare, the UMR, um, UMR network, and it is more of a PPO uh, layout than uh, HMO. Yeah, and Jess, why don't you talk about why we go with that PPO network instead of an HMO? Um, yeah, absolutely. It, it provides more... Um, I mean, to to without getting um, super complicated, it provides a, a broader network um, for um, in our employees, and it allows for you to be able to go to a doctor, a specialist that you need to, without having to go through the regimented routine of getting approval from a primary care, having that on record, and going through that process. So to make sure that we have accessibility to our benefits for all of our employees, we have opted for the broader network option while offering the PPO. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Jean, does that answer your question? Yes, it does. Okay. Very good. Thank you, Gene. Appreciate it. All right. Next question comes from William Plebney, Road Team Cap Captain. Go ahead, William. Can you hear us? Yeah, I sure can. Thank you, Mitch. Hey, Josh, I was just curious. What does the uh, freight forecast look like for the company for next year? Man, great question, William. Great to have you call in. Thank you for all you do uh, for this company. Freight forecast. All right, let's get the crystal balls out. I'm going to ask... Uh, <laughs> We'll start with Kirk and Dedicated, and we'll, we'll ask the other division presidents to give their uh, their perspectives on this. Okay. Hey, William. Um, you know, from a Dedicated perspective, uh, it's kind of mixed uh, for us. We've got an awful lot of bid activity right now, so it seems like pretty much most shippers are checking the rates in the marketplace, and so they're you know bidding everything out to see how, you know, competitive the rates are as obviously you've heard, you know, prices have dropped substantially in some of the, you know, the markets. So, you know, the key for us in Dedicated is we haven't really lost anything this year that was not strategic uh, for our business. So, and the only reason that's happened is because of our service. You know, you heard the comment on the PetSmart business. You know, we took that business away from the other, you know, the incumbent was there for 22 years. So for our perspective, um, you know, we're trying to be aggressive on business where it fits in with our portfolio uh, as best we can, but we are seeing even the dedicated prices drop because uh, everybody out there is trying to get into the dedicated space. So it's mixed. Um, we still have plans next year to grow our division by, you know, 400 trucks, uh, and we're expecting to do that, but it's a fight uh, just with what's going on in the marketplace. So from Dedicated, I hope that answered your question on the Dedicated side. Thanks, Kirk. And now let's go with Brandon Harrison to speak to OTR. Hey, William. Good to hear from you. Thanks for calling in, and great question. Uh, 
<clears throat> our hope is that uh, the the market conditions improve sooner rather than later. But what we're expecting and, and kind of planning for, similar to what Kirk had just mentioned, we are going to have a lot of opportunity with bids in-house. So a lot of shippers are, some of them are moving up their bid cycles, but most typically go to bid in, in first quarter every year on annual contracts on the OTR side. So we're going to see a lot of opportunities in-house. Uh, we're, we're expecting pricing. You know, we, we've, we've uh, seen rates drop drastically in, uh, in 2023. We're expecting pricing to hold somewhat flat. Uh, but everything we're you know we're hearing and reading is it's going to be a similar freight environment in uh, the first half of the year, um, you know with regards to transactional truckload kind of over the road type business, and then uh, predicting things will things will tighten up and the freight market will improve the second half of the year. However, as I mentioned, we we are going to have a lot of opportunity with bids in house. We expect to capitalize on those opportunities. Uh, we expect to see a favorable win rate to where we can bring more committed freight on board uh, and improve uh, the, the amount of miles and the number of loads that we're hauling in the OTR network. And really, we uh, part of the reason we feel so good about being able to capitalize and improve our win rates is because of our service. Uh, our service this last year, one of the record uh, record years we've had, one of the best years uh, we've ever seen from an on-time delivery perspective in our over-the-road group. So certainly we will be leveraging that uh, as we're negotiating with customers, and we've got a lot of shippers that are coming back to us saying they want to grow and looking for opportunities to grow uh, to, frankly, pull pull freight from other carriers to give to us given our service performance. So want to take this opportunity to just to give a special shout out to all of our drivers for putting us in a position uh, to to be able to go back and 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 negotiate and 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 be in a favorable position to get more freight from our customers as a result of your hard work uh, picking up and delivering freight on time and great communication so great question thank you for that I'll uh, turn the time over to Brandon to give Brandon Leonard to give an update on the uh, the intermodal freight conditions. Yeah, thanks, Brandon. Uh, yeah, obviously uh, the last couple of years have been really challenging from an intermodal demand perspective. Uh, as truck rates fell, the savings for customers versus uh, over the road trucking kind of uh, degraded or, or shrunk. So uh, a lot more freight went over the road. Uh, the positive news is we're getting good feedback from our customers in terms of uh, rail service and underlying rail performance and. Uh, that's growing some confidence in our ability to execute at a higher service level based upon uh, the railroad performances and schedules. But uh, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, similar to Kirk and Brandon's comments, it's going to be a bit of a challenge still uh, with where the prices are at. And obviously, we're paying a, a portion of the rail that, um, you know, we need to make sure that it makes sense for the freight to move above that. But uh, working hard with both of our major rail partners uh, to continue to grow the business and uh, can look to convert uh, opportunities from some of our competitors or uh, new freight opportunities in the marketplace. Thanks for your question. All right. Thanks for that, Brandon. You know, part of why William's asking the question is uh, he's aware, and, and, and many of you guys on the line are, are probably aware, that we are currently in a freight recession, um, The and, and the the deepest freight recession that we've seen in about the past 20, 30 years, actually, um, from peak to trough, spot
spot rates are da- were down uh, uh, about 41%. Uh, and fortunately, we've come uh, up off of that, uh, that bottom, that trough, uh, but not by much. And uh, so it's a, a market where carriers are under a great deal of pressure. Um, you've heard of carriers going out of business. Um, you know, so I guess the important thing to talk about here is a couple things. Um, number one, you're with a company that's solid. You're with a company that's been doing this for 103 years, um, and uh, and we're not going anywhere. We came into this. We were prepared for this. We came into this solid, and we remain solid. Uh, number two, what can we each do, you know, to help uh, to make sure we remain solid? And uh, and so you heard this theme from. Uh, uh, from Kirk and the Brandons uh, about service. We, you know, in a market where there's a limited amount of freight, there's less freight than there are trucks trying to haul the freight, right? Um, then we better be the ones that provide the best service uh, so that we are the ones who get that freight. And so uh, that's a continued area of focus needs to be. And you hear, um, you know, from what you just heard, how that service level, that reputation has helped us get through this tough, uh, difficult freight environment and will continue to help us get through it um, while it remains challenged. Uh, the other big thing we can do, all of us, is manage costs. Uh, we're in a small margin business. We have to manage costs. Um, we manage that in a lot of different ways. Uh, one that I'll just highlight briefly is fuel costs. Uh, to the extent we can uh, improve our mile per gallon, we can uh, limit our idle uh, where where reasonable. Um, you know, those are really important ways that we can manage our costs. Thank you, William, for uh, that great question and for your uh, excellent service on the road team. Let's move on to our next question. All right. Thanks, William. Next question comes from Douglas Bonner. Douglas, go ahead with your question or comment. Can you hear us? Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Yep. Okay. Uh, I've got two questions. One is uh, bringing up a question that was asked a while back about brush guards. And uh, do we, have you guys found anything out about that? Because I know it was asked a while back about possibly getting them for the truck. And the other is uh, uh, fog lights. Uh, is there any way we could get fog lights on our trucks? All right. Thank you, Doug, for uh, calling in and for, for your questions. Uh, Ron Hall, could you uh, could you speak to those? Yeah, happy to. Uh, Ron Hall, Vice President of Equipment and Fuel. So uh, whenever we make a change to, uh, to the specs on the truck, we have to look at what benefit we're going to get from that, whether or not we can afford uh, the cost to implement that based on the benefit. And we've looked at that for both brush guards and uh, fog lights. Um, uh, fog lights are fairly cheap to, to purchase in the truck. They're fairly inexpensive to, uh, to spec on the truck when we get them new, but unfortunately they take a lot of abuse on the road and we have to replace them very often, and it's costly to, to buy the replacements. Uh, so we couldn't justify purchasing the, uh, the fog lights because of that. And we did have that in our spec uh, kind of as a test for 
a little over a year, and we just it just didn't work out. We, we were spending too much on the replacement lights, um, and so we pulled them from our spec. Uh, regarding the the brush guards, uh, we looked at a couple of different options, um, and we priced them out. We got uh, volume pricing from the manufacturer. We actually did mount a couple just to make sure we understood the mounting process. But unfortunately, when we penciled all of that out, we did we couldn't recover enough in um, in uh, damage repair. Uh, re- reduced expense on fender damage repair to justify purchasing the brush guards. And we didn't, uh, that analysis didn't even include the impact of fuel economy because there is a negative impact to fuel economy on those brush guards. But uh, we didn't even include that. We could, we still could pencil it out just looking at the cost of repairing fender damage uh, from not having a brush guard. So I appreciate the recommendation, but we've looked at both of those, and we've looked at them fairly recently, and 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 we just can't can't justify the cost. Yeah, thank you, Ron and and Doug for your question. You know, Ron and team are very active in evaluating various spec options. Uh, you know, testing things. Um, you could hear from the way he described that uh, that they do it in a in a rigorous manner. Uh, trying to make sure that we optimize that spec. So appreciate that question, Doug. Let's move on to our next. All right. Next question comes from Michael Jockwig. Michael, can you hear us? Go ahead. I can. All right. Hello, gentlemen. Your and ladies, um, I have two questions. Number one, um, for the co-pilot, is there a way that we can get it so um, it's within – company specs, because mine recently has been trying to get me to do an awful lot of U-turns. Is there a way that we can work with the, the supplier and maybe turn that function off on, on those? Wow. Michael, thank you for calling in. Hope you're well. Uh, appreciate that question. Uh, Danielle Smithen, could you uh, speak to that? Oh, Danielle, Danielle, we can't hear you if you're speaking. Danielle might be struggling to get off of mute. Let's see. We'll give Danielle just another minute here. Uh, well, while she's doing that, I have another question. That, um, okay, go ahead. Can can we explain to a lot of the newer drivers what we can do? Um, I know there's a lot of factors that go into us delivering on time and the impact that we as drivers have to that. Can we explain how we come to the percentages that we have and what the communication cycle has to do with, with that and how people can improve that number? I think that's a that's a great topic. Maybe uh Michael, I wonder if you could start us off by giving your thoughts on the on that. Well, I know the biggest impact is 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 communication. You know, you if you stay in communication with your DMs and and your management team, you know, they can a lot of times do something, repower um you know, if you're out of hours, but there are things out there like traffic 
and things like that that we need to communicate with the management team about so that it doesn't come back a, a, you know, as a negative thing for us. So that's my biggest thing with the on time is, is communicate, communicate, communicate about everything that goes on with your, your loads. Boy, that's a really important uh, way in which we can do that. So I appreciate you, uh, you mentioning that, Michael. Uh, Kirk Freemuth, would you, uh, would you pitch anything else in on that uh, question? Well, I think you uh, absolutely nailed it uh, 100% there, Michael. That is probably, you know, obviously operating safely and making good decisions um, behind the wheel uh, so that we actually get to the destination. That's a given. Um, but communication, that is the single most important factor, uh, especially on the dedicated side where we may have a lot of fleets doing a lot of deliveries, um, you know, you're working in the large metro areas, multi-stop. Communication is the single most important thing on how we can continue to stay on site, like you said. We know things are going to happen. Traffic, there's accidents out there, delays at stores, delays at the D.C., all kinds of things. Um, but that is where certainly we've seen that we've excelled in dedicated uh, and why we've done so well this year with fighting off competitors, you know, trying to take business away from us, even though they've cut our rates. But our customers are not taking it away, and communication is the absolute key. So for any drivers out there, things happen. We get it. But the soon as you can let us know what's going on, then the quicker we can we can come up with, you know, solutions and alternative plans to keep those deliveries on time. Very, very good answer. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate that as well, Kirk. And now let's go to Danielle on the co-pilot question. Hi, can you guys hear me now? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to reach out to co-pilot on that. Um, I thought our settings were already set that way, but if we're still having issues with that, I'll reach out to them and see if that's something we can update. Yeah, boy, that's an important uh, important topic. You, you know, if it's uh, asking us to do U-turns in the navigation, that's not how we we want it, and and uh, and not how it needs to be set up. So, thank you for that, Michael, and and Danielle for the follow up on that. Let's move to our next question. All right, thanks, Michael. Next question comes from driver uh, Christopher Longton. Christopher. Take you off mute. Can you hear us, Christopher? Go ahead with your question. Yeah, we can hear you. I think speak up a little bit, but go ahead. Hey, this is Sierra Longton. This is Christopher Ryan Longton. I just want to say that I really do appreciate uh, the CRA Yeah, hey, we're having a tough time hearing you, CR. I think you said, Christopher, CR, I'm not understanding it either. If you 
don't know if you have a headset on or something. Can you um, maybe try something else? We're not quite fully hearing your – not coming through very well. Sure. A little better, yeah. If you could just ask, ask that question again. So my question was, who do I need to con? My, who would I need to contact? Because my year, uh, my year hallmark or my year contract is coming up. I would really like to still represent CR England in my area, which I know we have five accounts about 20 minutes from my home. Uh, not necessarily in the you know over the road division, or if that's the route that I need to take. And again, I'm super appreciative, and I, I love the experience and uh, the opportunity that CR England has provided me. But after this this year's coming up, I want to know what else I could do, or what where uh, I should move from there. Who could I talk to about that? Yeah, thanks, CR. Um, and you've got a great uh, uh, nickname for working at CR England. Sounds like uh, if I heard your nickname right of CR, so I like it. Um, where are you located? Hey, I'm located in the southern Texas area, right in the McAllen area. And I know that we've yeah. got uh, rich products. I know we got Pig Sweet there. I know we have yeah. two different uh, cold storages there. And like I said, it's 20 minutes from my home. You know, I was yeah. uh, uh, trained out of Laredo, which is about, uh -huh. you know, three, three and a half hours from me. But, you know, like I said, I'd like to continue representing CR England, uh, you know, after yeah. after my year contract. But, you know, I just don't know if I could want to continue the the 30 days out thing. I was just wondering if there's something I might be able to do there yeah, in that Wayne, area. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Wayne Cedarholm, could you address that? Yeah. Oh, Del Monte, Del Monte as well. We have Del Monte down there, 20 minutes from my home. So there, that's five different accounts. Yeah. Um, so Christopher, first of all, congratulations on getting to your year. Uh, we uh, we're so grateful for uh, all the time that you put in, and we look forward to many more with you. Um, I'm at so I'm the vice president of driver recruiting and development, and I can um, actually reach out to you and kind of go over all your options as far as open positions that you want to look at, uh, and see if there's anything in the area that uh, is one an option that you're interested in, uh, and we can review that. We also have several options in OTR, if you're still in OTR, that we we could possibly look at. So how about I give you a call after this, and we go through and just kind of review everything. What was your name again? My name is Wayne Cedarholm. Wayne, Wayne, Wayne. All right, thank you, Wayne, and uh, thank you, CR England. I appreciate that. Thank you, yeah, CR. Thank you. Uh, hey, Wayne, uh, I wonder if you could uh, speak more generally to the to the rest of the group, you know, where they can see the the various um, different positions within the company that they can put their name on, how they do that? Yeah, so if you uh, have the driver toolbox on your app, you can, or on your phone, just go to that app, and you can see on there there's an option called Career Track. It actually populates to your specific area, um, and if you look at the jobs there, you can get on the list, there are, you know, many jobs in uh, in there that are currently uh, open where we're looking for positions or we're looking for people to fill the positions. Um, but we also do have some timing requirements and everything that we go through. So if I if I if you're looking for that, I would go on to Career Track and I would select and and click on the positions that you're interested in. 
Okay. And, Thanks and for from that there, one. we'll reach out and, and uh, work through uh, helping you find that position. Thank you. Perfect. Yeah, CCM is a collection of hundreds of driving positions, so uh, you can always look in career track and see what uh, options might look good to you. All right, Mitch, let's go to our next. All right. Next question comes from Paul Simon. Paul, uh, you can hear us. Go ahead. Hi, yes. Um, I just wanted to uh, start off by saying happy holidays to everyone and also wanted to uh, ask just a, a, a very random question. Um, this, As the year comes to an end, what would you guys say be the uh, craziest load that we've had to haul this year as a company or one of the ones that would be most impressive as far as you guys would be considered? Paul, thank you for... Uh Mixing it up with a fun question there. Uh, let's see. Nothing is coming to mind immediately for me. Uh, anybody, uh, any of our executives on the line have one that they'd want to mention? Chad, this is Sorry, Josh. This, this uh, is Brandon. Dusty Jacobs. Oh, Brandon, go ahead. Yeah. I I can't I can't think of anything really out of the norm that we've hauled on the OTR side, but uh, with our diversification and dedicated, we haul some we 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 haul some pretty crazy stuff: uh, animal guts, blood, Kirk. I'm sure it can can go on, but uh, yeah, on, on the OTR side, the transaction side, I can't I can't think of anything uh, too extravagant. Yeah, I wasn't going to get into that, but I guess if uh, y'all want to hear a little bit about that, we do haul uh, pig blood at 5,000 gallons a trailer load multiple times a day. So, uh, But that's just an average Thursday for us. So, <laughs> Very nice. Uh, Dusty Jacobs, maybe you could uh, mention another thing. You bet. Uh, so I'm Vice President of Customer Service. Uh, thanks for the question. <laughs> that is a, a good one. And uh, you know, kind of a crazy one for us, and then I'll then I'll, I'll hit on a really uh, special one. Um, you know, we we haul what this chicken paste, and I've been to these uh, facilities, and they have these grinders. They take these chicken bones and they just grind it down, and it creates a paste. It, they just it it turns into liquid, and and then they put them in these tubes, and we haul them. That's some pretty gross stuff, I think. But uh, anyway, that's a weird one for us, but. Uh, Really, when you asked the question, I thought about two really special loads that we're doing right now, and many of you have heard about these loads that we've done before, and they're the Reese Across America loads, where we're honoring our veterans, and many of our drivers, many of you are veterans, and we thank you for your service. So currently, we're doing two of those. We'll, we've got one picked up right now, and uh, last I checked, it was in Pennsylvania yesterday, so it's probably you know maybe Indiana, even getting into Illinois on its way to San Diego. <clears throat> and we'll have a driver that's a veteran that will be delivering that next week. And then we're also picking one up uh, later this week or early next that will go down to Arlington and be a part of that special, uh, uh, you know, opportunity. Um, you know, many of the Englands have been out there and done it themselves. I know Dan England himself uh, made made it one time. I think, I can't remember if Chad did it two years ago, but uh, just a big uh, thanks and uh, hats off to all our vets. And those are probably some of the most uh, coveted loads that we do every year. Um, and and uh, I've been here 29 years and England's been helping out in this for well, 
close to 20 years uh, donating their time. And, and uh, you know, it's a long run from Maine to San Diego, um, and we're doing that uh, to, to help out and to honor uh, our, our veterans. So thank you. All right. Thank you, Dusty, for uh, taking that back from the appetite-destroying conversation to uh, to a very noble cause with Reese. That's a, a wonderful thing. So uh, let's move on to our next. All right. Thanks, Paul, for that question. All right. Next question comes from George Joga. George. Hey, how you doing? Good. Can you hear me? Hey, George. Yep. How y'all doing? Uh, happy holidays. Happy holidays. Uh, I got simple question and I hope I get the simple answer uh, lately I think a new procedure was implemented as far as drive wise is concerned where if we approach a turn and the recommended speed limit is a little slower than the actual speed limit the system is giving us a critical and we're being issued a coachable event we're getting emails phone calls uh, when Prior to that, there was like no forewarning that this was going to go into effect, and we're going, I'm on dedicated. So I'm hitting the same turns every other day. I'm going at the same speed. I'm hitting the same traffic. You know, uh, case in point, I, I was coming out of uh, New York, bumper to bumper traffic. As soon as it opened up and I started getting a nice flow, a vehicle got in front of me. Clear as day, you could see he slammed on his brake with. Nothing in front of him. I slowed down, but I guess I didn't keep my distance long enough because the vehicle slowed and then took off, and I still got a critical of that. And, you know, there's no appealing because my appeals, they go on dead eyes, I believe, because nobody seems to see what I see, you know, because they're only seeing a five-second snippet of the 10-second, you know, event. And I, I don't know. Is there any way that in the future we could be advised that this protocol is going to change or the parameters around the events are going to be more intense or uh, I don't know if intense is the right word. Or I mean, last year, well, yeah. no, this year, back in January, February, March, something was changed and the whole system got bombarded for that. It was behind uh, two weeks, three weeks on viewing recorded events because nobody told nobody nothing till after the fact. And then they said, oh, you know what, we need to change it back. And then it just went back. I mean, my, my yeah, peeve is... Yeah, yeah my, George, my George let me, let me, George, this is Aaron Shepard, the, the Vice President of Safety. And... Yes. I will I will call you this afternoon and we'll go through and watch your events and I'll watch them and go through with you in detail what what we're seeing. You referenced a couple types of events. The first one is a drive-wise speeding event. We haven't changed parameters on on speeding. Um, if you're I've going to run a curve, there's a I've, there's I've a never truck speed. I've never gotten one. Just to be clear. Okay. Other other drivers on my fleet have gotten them. I've never gotten one. Okay. So I mean, my my log levels is zero. My safety is zero. Everything is. I'm I'm the fleet mentor, one of. So I train. I I tell people how to do things the correct way. It's just I mean they 
when something like that occurs, they come, yo, man, what's up with this, man? Hey, guy, well, well, well when did they change this? You know, they bought, I, I, only answer I yeah. got is, I don't know. I, I don't know. That's the only answer I got. <laughs> so, no, so, so speed, speeding events will, will happen when you're going several miles over the recommended or posted speed. So if there's a truck speed on a curve, drive-wise, we'll give right. you that. We look at those appeals. When you, when you reference the following distance event, um, our falling distance triggers are well beneath our standard. If you get an event, you're falling within a couple of seconds of the vehicle in front of you for 10 consecutive seconds, which is, which is honestly yeah. super dangerous. And so yeah. we're, we're, not, we're not making holistic changes that, I, I that go against our standards. And, and my recommendation, George, is if you have someone on that fleet, I'll, I'll give you my cell phone number, but when you have someone in that fleet who says, hey, I'm getting an event I don't deserve, yeah, have them call me. We'll look at that event and go over it with them. Our whole job in safety is we're just trying to get you guys home yeah. safe with your families well, and well, encourage the well, right kinds of behaviors. When I appealed that one that I just got a couple of days back, my response yeah. was, oh, you gotta, you, you got to be, you got to create your gap more than one second. I, I, I did that. Yeah. So yeah, please call me. Maybe we could go over a yeah. little again, and you know, if if I need yeah. if I need to make a change, then so be it. I'll make a change. But from what I saw, and that's another thing, what I see and what what safety sees are two different things. Because you see everything on the bottom. You see, you know, actual acceleration, brake, uh, turn signal. You you see everything. You see the computer. I don't see yeah. the computer. I just see the V. Yeah, I just so see a video. I see your speed and your actual falling distance, but we'll—I'll call you and we'll go—we'll go over to that. But if you—if you're less than a second from the vehicle in front of you, George, I promise you, I'm not trying to tell you you need to get more space. And uh, right. we'll go over that together. And uh, the good thing about these things—they're coaching events. We just want people to get safer. And and since we started coaching on these types of driving events, we've really oh. reduced our accident rate and our DOT accident rates, and it's led to people getting oh, home to their families. Safer. Uh, I, so, again, when yeah. that camera got installed day one, I think I got like nine of them because I was used to driving a certain way. I've been I've been driving since I was eighteen. I'm fifty eight, so I was used to driving a certain way. Camera corrected that, uh, you know. So I'm all about yeah. change. But okay, well, I mean, I'll this, call you, George, one, and we'll go through those events. All right, good deal. Thank you. All hey, right, man. happy holidays. Appreciate that, George, and. And Aaron, that, that was great. Um, you, you know, I love that, George, how you described how, hey, the cameras over time have helped you become a better driver. I appreciate you, uh, you know, your willingness to, to learn and, and you, the pride you take in your job. And it, I was just thinking this reminds me a little bit of, you know, NFL football teams, uh, you, you know, and how good teams, they, they review the film. Um, and they learn from it, and then they're better each and every week because of that. And so that's what we're trying to do here. Aaron, I wonder if you could uh, speak to the appeals process just kind of broadly for those who may not be familiar with how that works. Yeah, so when you get a critical event, you have you have uh, the right to appeal that event. We have senior safety people review those events. So the people that are reviewing those are our safety managers who have been here uh 20 plus years of driving experience we've been here a long time and they go through and they compare that video 
to our, our criteria. And in a lot of cases, we'll grant appeal if, if the driver provided some information that provides some clarity. So when, George, when you reference, hey, you don't see everything I see, you know, other things were happening, um, you put that in your appeal. And our philosophy on appeals is ties should go to the driver. We should give you the benefit of the doubt. So, it, you know, if there's something going on where we need to give you the benefit of the doubt, we'll remove that event. And if you're simply just following too close, well, then it's it's an event. But the good news is improve your behavior, and that falls off your your door here in just a couple months. So uh, I don't want to say it's not a big deal, but uh, you can overcome it. But, yeah, we, we take those appeals seriously, and our philosophy is to give you guys the benefit of the doubt. And, and Shep, you can see quite a lot when you are looking at those appeals. Uh, I mean, you can see speed and acceleration and, and the braking and all well, that kind of stuff. We see speed, acceleration, and braking. And one thing that I, I probably should add, we can go back and pull video well before that 20-second clip that, that you see. So if you were to say, hey, the only reason I did a U-turn is because there was a road closure sign up ahead. We have the ability to go actually watch your camera for a couple minutes before to make sure that's the case. And so we do have extra tools to kind of see what's going on. And, and again, if there's something that we can, we can look at that exonerates like, hey, you know, a reasonable driver would have done the same thing, well, then we'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, appreciate that, Shep. And, uh, um, I guess I just want to bring this back again to our overall mission together. We're, we're learning, we're improving together. Uh, remember, at the start of the call, I mentioned that we had our best ever safe and on-time percent last week. So it's all working. Thank you guys for, uh, for your investment in it and the pride you take in it. Let's move on to our next question. All right, next question comes from Mark Wagner, a.k.a. Medusa. Go ahead, Mark. Hey, thank you for taking the call. Um, the the first thing I want to do is uh, go back to Darren at the very beginning of the program. And for the road team, um, a lot of people don't know this, but many of our road team captains are actually safety ambassadors that come from the uh, California market down there, Steve Mallow being the guy that brought a lot of the ambassadors onto uh, the road team. So that just further... Um, increases our ability to help the drivers out. And I really want everybody to know that because I think that the road team is underutilized by the drivers and we're out here waiting to assist you. Um, now, out of curiosity, I'd like you to, to uh, please kind of put a cap on this. Um, autonomous vehicles and electric vehicles were like all the discussion for the longest time. And, there's, and it's really kind of fell off the edge. Uh, we don't hear as much or we do hear disparaging comments about it. And then um, the last thing is in regards to mentors. I know that our our mentoring pool has dropped. Our, our students have also dropped. Um, one of the comments that I hear from mentors a lot right now is the mileage that's being given to them. And I know you kind of touched on that with William Plevney's uh, question earlier, but what are we doing to um, keep the mileage up on the mentors that are um, still active with us? Is that's one of the reasons why they want to mentor is obviously for the pay. We do, I think we do it for the teaching, but a lot of them have been telling me they sit a lot and uh, just trying to find, figure out what's going on there. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Mark. Hey, while we got you, 
uh, I'd love it if you could uh, remind the the group when you do your uh, your show each week. Well, uh, right now uh, we are kind of in a re- rebuilding phase. The Night Moves program is a nighttime program. Um, we we do it at ten o'clock at night. Currently, uh, it's every other Tuesday. Now we are rebuilding right now, so we're probably not going to come back until. January, we're trying to figure out a format that we could use that's going to be the most beneficial to all drivers because we want to make it very easy for people to participate uh, when they call in without access codes or anything else like that. So we're probably not going to come back until January. So please uh, just keep an eye out for that. And uh, when we do come back, nighttime drivers, we really need you to jump on and participate. So please look out for it. Yeah, thank you, Mark, for all that you do to make the company better. We really appreciate it. Let's get to the uh, electric trucks. Um, let's ask Ron Hall to answer Brandon Harriman on the uh, mentor uh, mileage question. Yeah, thanks, uh, Medusa. I appreciate that. So uh, we haven't taken uh, really a step back on the autonomous. What we did, our our whole goal with autonomous was to get a couple of pilots out of the way so that we could really understand what that technology was doing and how we might be able to use it. We actually completed two two of those pilots, the two pilots that we wanted to complete, and we we learned enough about the pilot process, through that pilot process, uh, we learned enough about it that uh, we didn't have to do the third one, so we did actually cancel the third one. But we learned a, a, a ton of information about how the how the trucks work, what lanes uh, the, they might be available on, when the the driver out portion of the technology is going to be available, uh, which, by the way, for everyone is probably two more years. Um, and just to reiterate on autonomous, we don't see. Uh, autonomous trucks as replacing drivers. We see autonomous trucks as improving driver quality of life. Uh, Everything that we're seeing on that autonomous technology is telling us that we'll still need uh, drivers to handle the front third and back third of those trips. So in our minds, this gives us an opportunity to keep drivers just as busy but have them closer to home. So uh, that's that's uh, that's what's going on in auto- on autonomy. We don't anticipate doing uh, additional on-road pilots anytime soon. Uh, the next phase of us understanding autonomy is to get the autonomous makers in our office so they can see how the dispatch process works, and that's really what uh, the phase that we're in there on electric. Uh, as many of you may may be aware. Uh, there's a new regulation in California that's coming. It's called Advanced Clean Fleet. And it, Advanced Clean Fleet will require a portion of trucking companies' fleet start to transition to electric uh, around 2027. Uh, 2027 for day cabs. There is a, a requirement in 2025 that uh, that won't really impact us because we don't run a, a lot of box trucks in, in or uh, uh, yard trucks in California. But but 2027, so um, we're still trying to figure out who the best provider of those electric trucks are. Uh, so uh, years away at this point, but um, but at some point we will start bringing in some electric trucks and running them uh, likely in the state of California, and uh, and you'll see that happening. But again, years away before the uh, the requirements kick in. 
All right, right. Brandon Harrison. Thank you, Ron. Uh, now over to you, Brandon. Medusa, always good to hear from you. Hey, I got to give you a special shout out to your work in the uh, December safety video was phenomenal. Uh, job well done there on the bunk heater stuff, but uh, hope all is well with you. But yeah, good question on the the productivity. We've talked a little bit about this, you and I, uh, in the past, but uh, with the freight conditions doing what they're doing, you had made the comment that we're, you know, we're, we're bringing in less drivers. We've been hiring less drivers. We're doing that for a reason. Uh, in some cases, the pie is only so big, right? We only have so many miles to spread around until we can uh, until we can can sell more freight. So that's part of the reason we've we've decreased the number of hires to improve the productivity in number of miles that we're we're giving to you know not just our mentors but our our solos as well. In addition to that, uh, I think you are well aware of this. You've experienced it firsthand. We've had some some challenges with uh, with some of our business coming out of Mexico, our freight coming out of Mexico, some erratic freight patterns, uh, and a lot of what we're doing now is trying to get better forecasts and and balancing uh, some of those markets where we've we've seen impacts from a productivity standpoint. Uh, where, frankly, we've had mentors and solo drivers that have been laying over for, you know, too long, extended periods of time. Um, so I think we're we're getting better at, at that and and really balancing those markets. But the most, uh, in addition to all of that, as was mentioned, the RFPs, the bids that we have coming in house, uh, we are putting our best foot forward uh, to. To get more freight from from critical customers and a lot of our strategic partners, they they are uh, we have their bids in house. We're working on them right now. Uh, Kroger's a big one that we have in house right now that we're optimistic that we're going to be able to capitalize on to get more freight to keep our 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 mentors and mentees busy as well as our solos. So we're very optimistic with the opportunities that we have. And as I mentioned earlier, leveraging our 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 safety and our service records uh, to get more freight and increase the uh, increase the productivity in the miles. But great question. Thank you, Brandon. Yeah, thank you, uh, Medusa. Appreciate that. All right, we are our, our hour is up, so let's do our uh, last question here. And then, uh, if you are in the queue, Mitch, why don't you give that instruction again on uh, if you have a question that you didn't didn't rise to the top. Yeah. So the uh, the uh, if you had a question that we didn't get to, there are a few in the queue. You can email that question to team at creroadteam.com. Again, team t e a m at creroadteam.com. The last question we have here. Let's get it from Michelle Wade. Michelle, go ahead with your question. Michelle. Hi. I just would like to say that I've been around for a little while and. I've noticed that um, a lot of things have changed with dispatch. When I first started, um, you guys said, this is a job. This is what we do. And I feel that with the way miles are right now and the way jobs are going, that I really do appreciate how nice you guys are to the drivers now. But when we are called to do a job and um, – we ask a driver, hey, can you do this or will you do this? And a driver refuses. Um, I don't really think that's really a good team playing type thing. Plus, also, this is a job. So I was just kind of curious 
how your standpoint was on that because I love the fact that we're all family. I couldn't be me without you. I mean, seriously, I can't tell you how many times on a phone call I say, see our England family. Hey, this is family, England family. I love you guys. I love everybody. But realistically, we need – I'm kind of worried about it going from being team playing to going back to we're forced dispatch, and it is a job. So I think you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, appreciate that, Michelle. I think it's a and problem. Thank you, for, uh, <laughs> thank you for calling in, and especially for, uh, you know, the, the we are family attitude. It is a core value here, and, man, we – to do win or lose together, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll revise that. We win, we win together, um, and uh, appreciate uh, that that sentiment that uh, we we need to stick together and, and work as we do so. So, uh, let's see, uh, Dusty, could you uh, jump in on this one? You bet. Hey, Michelle, thanks a lot. Uh, love love your approach, and uh, you know, I'm just thinking about you talking to a driver. And that's okay, the way we need to talk to them. You know, there, there are times we're asking them to do things uh, to either help a customer and many times help a driver. For example, hey, we, we need you to swap this load to help this other driver get home. And, you know, my experience has been is that when you approach it like you're kind of approaching it, saying, hey, I know this is an ideal, um, but, but, hey, we're, we're a family. We're, you know, we're company uh, employees, and, and we need to do what's best. Uh, and in many cases... Uh, and in most, actually, when, when we, we explain it to a driver, hey, you're, if you do this, this is helping another driver. And I think we, you know, not just in trucking, but in life, we, like, we want to be treated, you know, we want to treat people like we want to be treated. And, and you know, if you talk to people openly, you hear them out, you explain it. Most our drivers are team players. Um, you know, there are some situations where, where it doesn't always work out. But uh, we agree with you. We think we need to do it together. Um, I think that's why we have these calls so that we can hear from our, our drivers your, your ideas and suggestions. And when we uh, kind of, you know, put them all together, it seems to work out. So we, we love your suggestion. We agree. And that's the way we try to approach it. And, uh, you know, I'm proud to say most, most drivers uh, understand that and, and, they, and they do what we need them to do and, and what's best. So uh, we'll continue to, to preach that and make it happen and uh, try to do it in a respectful way. Uh, a way uh, that we would with our family, and uh, you are our family. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you for that, Dusty and, and Michelle, for your question. And, and uh, here as we wrap up, I just, again, want to thank everybody, all of you, uh, the, the CR England family, for uh, the, uh, the great job you do. Uh, it's a pleasure doing it together, and uh, congratulations on the uh, continued success in ever raising the bar on safe and on time. Uh, so great to see, and, and it's uh, exciting to be part of a winning team. So uh, congratulations to all of you. Thank you, and I hope everybody has happy holidays. Take care.